Have you ever heard of a term and wondered where it came from? Like brownie points, for example. The term originated with the points earned for various achievements by the youngest group of the Girl Scouts, called brownies. In the mid-1900s, it was transferred to general use. Or where did 86 saying something come from? Welcome to Cryptic Soup. Tonight, we're going to solve one of these and tell you the true dark meaning of going postal. Hey guys, welcome back. I'm Thena. And I'm Kylie. And Kylie, what does going postal mean? I don't know. Really? It's like when you're like so angry that you're like violent, like, oh, dude, he had such a bad day at work. He's going postal. Like, have you not heard that? No. Oh, really? Yeah. It's not a good term. Like, it's not like something you want to be said about you. It's now, I guess, it's not as common these days. I would say more like the the term of going postal is now replaced with like, oh, he's being a Kyle. Like, does that make sense? Yeah. Because he's like punching holes in the drywall. Yeah. Like it's that now I feel like. I thought going postal meant something along the lines of like related to vacations. (laughs) Why? I don't know. (laughs) Going postal. Okay. So speaking of vacations, did you see I don't even know if you're going to know what this case is, but did you see there is a 21 year old woman who is, I think, like overseas and she's claiming to be the grown up Madeline McCann and she's going to take a DNA test and try to prove if she is or isn't Madeline McCann, the girl that went missing when she was three years old on vacation with her family while they were on holiday. That's insane. Yes, because we've never known if she was missing or killed or trafficked or what. Well, and I'm sure everyone just assumed at this point. Well, and so I well, no, actually, a lot of people it's kind of up for debate. A lot of people think she was actually trafficked or kidnapped because there was this weird incident with a dude who was leaving the hotel area in that Mm. spot, carrying a little girl who was crying into his arms. And it looked like it could have been like a dad carrying his like crying daughter. Right. But at the same time, people were like. Mm, it could have been a man kidnapping Madeline. Right. And there's so much weird stuff about that case. Oh, that was such a wild case. I think that was a, oh, golly gee willikers, maybe 2003-ish, 2001-ish, something like that. Imagine if it is her, though, and we get all of the, like, details of what happened. Well, and that's just, like, how we never thought we would ever hear about what happened to Brittany Drexel, and that one got solved this year, last year. Right. Wild. Or even the... Delphi murders getting some solutions. It's been a pretty big like past few years for um, the uh, like crime scene world. That's because it's 2023 and everything is weird. 2022, everything hit the fan. And then 2023, everything hit the fan harder. (laughs) But we're learning learning more. So it's fine. (laughs) And we do continuously just progress with like um, technology and finding things and people coming forward and stuff, which is kind of nice. I mean, sometimes Mm -hmm. I miss the simpler days. Does that make me old? (laughs) Oh, what did I do today? And I was like, I feel like that makes me old. Oh. One of my best friends was messaging me and she's like, yeah, I have to work tonight, but it's really going to suck because I, uh, I, I pinched a nerve in my back and I was like, <laughs> oh, that sucks. Yeah. I, I had two pulled muscles in my back recently. And she's like, 
But the crazy thing is I wasn't even like doing anything that crazy. I was just like getting something <laughs> off the top shelf at a store. And I was like, yeah, no, I was literally just like painting a room. And she's like, oh, my God, babes, we're old. And I was like, oh, my God, we are. <laughs> Just look forward to your 30s when you get back pain and everything hurts. All the time. All the time. And sleeping is like non-existent. Nah, you don't have that. Especially if you are stupid enough to get a new new puppy. I mean. I'll just tell you now, he does not sleep. Ever. But dogs are worth it in every sense of the word. I have almost taught him his name if his name was Shithead. However, okay. however, his name is Cowboy, so Going I have strong. not taught him his name. <laughs> but he's getting really good at knowing the name Shithead, so that's kind of not great. My dogs will um, rustle recently. Like, they started to wrestle, like, a lot. And I'm like, like it's loud. It's like... And it's so annoying. And I have started saying children... And I will say it like sternly, like a mom, like children, you know? Yeah. And Sh- Shiro now uh, responds to that and we'll stop. <laughs> like, it's fine. That's OK. I'm OK with that. <laughs> Could be worse. Her dog also responds to the opening sound of a chip bag, like the yes. fastest response time ever. Yep. Faster than a Jimmy John's delivery service. Yep. Or a cheese bag. Cheese bag where <laughs> you're you're screwed. But Shiro will come fucking running if he hears you get whipped cream out. <laughs> you have some fat ass dogs, girl. <laughs> it's all about the food in this house. So tonight's case is actually a request we're going to do. Um, it is a request from our friend Mando, Manda. Um, they are at MandoTM on IG. So it's, it's Manda. IG. Instagram. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Like, you know, I seemed like hip if I said it like that, like on, on the, on the socials. On the socials. Yeah. Like we're like totally mutes, moots, moots. That's the word I think. You spell it moots, but it's the word mutual. So wouldn't you say mutes? We're, we're that's not a thing is that a thing yeah that's a thing oh that's disgusting stop it <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's m-o-o-t-s we're we're moots that means a moot point that means we're nothing that means it's no longer no it means we follow each other back and forth the hip kids say it on on twitter they'll be like hey moots let's do this no <laughs> no <laughs> stop saying fetch <laughs> so this this episode uh we like throughout the term in the intro, like going postal. And then we talked about it. So going postal is an American slang term. And it's a phrase that refers to becoming uncontrollably angry to the point of violence often. So it's when you wake up and choose violence. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Now, where did this come from? Because like going postal, it has the word postal in it, like post offices. Get it right. Which like I, I have to go to the post office here and there. I've been there a lot recently. And I hate them. I get really annoyed at the lines, the stress, like the changing price of stamps, like all of it. Like stamps are fucking uh, expensive. Okay. If if I could tell you how irritated I was (laughs) about the post office last week, the UPS lady, I was literally at my house in my house with my car in the driveway 
And she did not come to my house because I was there. And then I get a notification saying that she came to my house, rang my doorbell and no one answered. So she listed our address as a vacant house so that we no longer are eligible to receive mail. So then we had to like Uh, go to the post office and we had to fill out change of address forms. And then we had to do that like three times in a row. And every time they were like, well, it's listed as vacant. So we have to get like a letter from the county saying that your house is legal to live in because that could mean it's condemned. And I was like, it's a I'm living. What do you want from me? Why didn't they just ask for your um, like like, deed to my house? Yeah. Or like anything that involved you buying this house because you just bought it. It was literally so ridiculous. And then the lady came up and she's like, I'm so sorry. I thought no one lived here because I came up a different day, not the day that I listed as vacant. And I saw that there was no, um, this is how she described it to me. She said, I saw that there was no, um, what is that thing? Oh, what is that thing right there? That's hanging. That's reddish in front of the curtain, the box. Yeah. She said there was no curtains on one of the rooms. And when I looked inside, the room was practically empty. So that made me feel like no one lives there. And I was like, that's not how it works. There's no curtains on it because we're painting right. and there's nothing in it because we're painting because we moved in. You <laughs> we're redoing it and we have to redo the floors <laughs> and everything. So we didn't put stuff in the room to make it easier. And she's like, well, oh. I thought no one lived here. I was like, my car was in the driveway. She's like, I just thought that was a squatter. Oh my God. Okay, whatever, dude. So yeah, (laughs) it's not because of how shitty, annoyingly post offices are. No offense to anyone that works in a post office. But it's because back in 1986, there was a brutal mass shooting that happened in Oklahoma at the Edmond Post Office. Hence, going postal. So let's find out more about one of the deadliest shootings in U.S. history and find out where this term like kind of what happened and like why they coined it Which, i wish but, it wasn't that like i wish it was anything because it's like giving validity to what he did well so the post office really hates this term like okay they, well yeah as they should and they've like tried to like pretty much discredit it and be like hey we should stop saying that but people are like ha no you're like giving credit or fame to some something that happened and that's not that's not that's not good it's not so the perpetrator in this story is a man named Patrick Henry Sherrill. He was born November 13th, 1941. He's a Scorpio. Well, that gross. That makes sense. Yep. Sorry. Um, <laughs> weirdly enough, he's born on World Kindness Day. That's hilarious. And that's Jimmy Kimmel's birthday. Yeah, it'd which, be funny if it was like National Sarcastic Day. <laughs> or like National Getting Mail Day. <laughs> stop that would be quite interesting um but funny enough okay so i picked jimmy kimmel but i want to say that normally when i look up like whose famous birthday that is it's a lot of people i don't recognize like a lot of like tiktok stars or like younger generation people that i don't know Mm -hmm. but this birthday november 13th was like the most famous birthday i had seen at this point i knew like 10 to 12 of the people at least like every time i can't remember but like to give you an example it would have been like whoopi goldberg and like him and then like i don't know it was just like people i was just like oh my god i know them oh my god i know them oh my god i know them and it was hard to actually like kind of pick who to put <laughs> yeah so i went with jimmy <laughs> kimmel for some reason who's the one i know the least of all of them actually that's funny so cheryl was born in watonga oklahoma and he had previously served in the marine corps and the national guard as part of the pistol team and he was said to have expert markmanship just a little note guys i don't have anything against scorpios 
but my ex is a Scorpio. I so. have a lot of beef with Scorpios. I mean, I I do I do too. There's Aries and Scorpio does not does not mix very well. But I mean, if you are a kind human being and you're Scorpio, then prove me wrong. Mostly I just like female Scorpios and male cancers. That's hilarious. Those are my two least favorites, I think. So you don't like Corey? <laughs> <laughs> Huh. Just just letting him. you know that Corey's a cancer. <laughs> he is now, isn't he? Yes, he is. Mm. Mm-hmm. 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 <laughs> mm. You have anything, anything to say about that? <laughs> no, not really. I'm okay. just... <laughs> so this man, this male Scorpio man, Cheryl, he, like you said, yeah, he's kind of a big deal for like the weapon side of things because he has like that expert markmanship and stuff like that. That's not like an easy thing to get. He was known as being a weapons expert in the Marine Corps. The Veterans Administration in Washington said that Cheryl served from January 15th, 1964 to December 30th, 1966. Now, Cheryl claimed that in his application for his job at the Post Service, that he actually said that he served in Vietnam. However, according to postal officials here, the VA records actually showed that he was stationed in the U.S. throughout his Marine Corps service and he lied. What a jerk. Yeah, kind of a dick. Kind of disrespectful to anyone that went to Nam. Yeah, so. very disrespectful. Yeah. I mean, it's still a big deal. Even being here and being yeah. this expert marksmanship, you didn't need to lie. Like, we're still very impressed and we're proud of you for serving our country. But also, fuck you. (laughs) What a dick. (laughs) After serving in the Marine Corps, he worked as a civilian employee at the Tinker Air Force Base in Oklahoma City and with the Federal Aviation Administration. Not me literally reading Tinkerbell, but it's fine. (laughs) Moving on. Tinkerbell. (laughs) He worked as a letter sorter at the post office for 89 days in 1982 and then returned to be a letter carrier on April 27th in 1985. So this man uh, has been off and on in military and postal service, mostly. Beyond that, there's not a ton reported about Cheryl's early life, except for that he did have previous run-ins with authorities for issues like being a peeping Tom. Hmm, he that's, said, that's not that's not a good thing. Yeah, uh, he said that he, they said that he would like prowl around at night and look through people's windows. You know who he kind of gives me the same vibes of? Prowl at night. <laughs> who? Uh, the Gainesville Ripper. Oh, yeah. Doesn't he give you kind of like the Danny Rollings vibes? Yeah, kind of. Little dick face. <laughs> um, by 1986, Cheryl worked at the United States Postal Service as a relief carrier. So relief carriers are people that are like newer so they work different routes on different days because it's like due to seniority so they don't have like a set it's their route. It's their regulars. They see, you know, like it's it's the new guy. In a it's sense. all over the place. Yeah. <clears throat> so uh, he was described in two completely different ways. Like it depends on who you talk to, who he was. Um, some people say he was excellent at making deliveries and that he was like always delivering earlier and customers than customers would like think and anticipate it. Um, and that he was just like really, really great. Right. But then other people were like, dude, he is super hard to get along with. He's super aggressive and he's just like the worst. Well, it sounds like he's a dick to his like fellow co-workers, but really nice to customers. Yeah, it well, kind of both went both ways. Like there were 
He's, oh, there were some customers that said that he yeah. wasn't great. And also he was known for kind of like being bullied slightly and like not people liking him and stuff. It seemed like he kind of was like an outcast also. On the same day, uh, I'm sorry, on not the same day, on a day, <laughs> you don't know what day it is yet. I forgot to say the date. It was the afternoon of August 19th, 1986. He was 44 years old. Cheryl was reprimanded by two of his uh, supervisors. Their last names were Esser and Bland. We'll talk more about them later, but Esser and Bland took him into a glassed-in office and they said they needed to talk to him about personal matters that were unrelated to his profession, but they were reprimanding him. So it could have been more like how he was interacting with people and stuff, but... Being inappropriate. Maybe, yeah, either to co-workers or to not. Because he hmm. worked in a building that had a lot of people in it. It had, like, I think it said between 100 to 120 employees just in his building that he worked in, which is, like, a, a massive post office Yeah, I've place. never been in a big post office like that. Like, my local post office had, like, two people. Um, Maybe. I think one of the ones I went into in Chicago was, like, a sorting one. And it had like, I think like 30 employees. So it was like huge. But that's still, yeah, that's that a lot. so big. <laughs> like it just, and especially when there's just people like lined up sorting mail and stuff like that. But, um, so he got this like reprimand, reprimation, mansion, reprimand, recommendation, reprimand, what's the word I'm looking I for? I don't here? actually know. I don't think it's actually like a, is it plural? I don't know. Can it be? Multiple. Reprimandation. I don't know. Hmm. I don't think it is. Okay. Well, it, in my heart, it was. <laughs> After he, he was reprimanded. Yeah. He uh, was threatened with dismissal. So he didn't quit. He didn't get fired. There are rumors that he did both those. But supposedly in the end, everyone says he was just threatened with it. Cheryl claimed he had been being mistreated this entire time and quoted to his union worker later that day. Like, I got to get out of here. Like this, this isn't it. Like I got to get out. But instead of quitting his job, he had a different agenda. And there was also two separate occasions. People had mentioned that he threatened revenge for how he was treated and like talking about how since he was mistreated, he was going to get revenge. On the same afternoon of August 19th, the day he was reprimanded, he had approached one of his female co-workers who was a clerk that who was always really nice to him. So like I said, a lot of people would either like ignore him or bully him or hassle him. Well, this girl was really nice to him. So like she was essentially his friend. Right. And he asked her if she had to work the next day. And she's like, well, yeah, of course I have to work tomorrow. Like, yeah, it's, it's a normal day. And he's like, yeah, you should stay home tomorrow. Whoa. You just gave me major deja vu. You want to know where that is in a movie? Where? Did you say where or when? Sure. What, okay. What movie? I'm sorry. Yeah. No, I thought you said O'Hare. Oh. <laughs> so I was confused. Um, um, Baby Driver, where he gets a recon on the bank. Oh. And yeah. he literally asks the teller, um, will you be working tomorrow? And he says, no, you should stay home. Well, that's like in a lot of TV shows and movies also where like... I don't like comparing like these fake things with these real things, but it it causes that correlation. Mm -hmm. Like in like school shooting movies where people always make the jokes being like, oh, I'm going to be nice to the weird kid so that, you know, the day they want to come in and shoot up the school, they're going to be like, hey, stay home tomorrow. Right. You know, and it's like always that like 
joke that people make, which is so fucked up. So fucked up. And that really does happen because I was in a speech class um, when I was younger and uh, I transferred schools. So you had to take speech as a freshman, but I transferred schools and my original school didn't require speech, but then the new school did. So I was a junior in the fucking freshman speech class. Everyone that is the worst. Why would you make freshmen take speech class? Well, so there was this girl who obviously was a little bit different. And she was, as you imagine, the like loner person to be. Mm-hmm. She had, you know, her dark hair over her face and she would doodle in her book and read her anime. The original emos. Yes. Mm-hmm. She was very, very emo and stuff like that. And I got seated right next to her. <laughs> Of course I did. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, everyone was always like, oh, you should befriend her so that when she shoots up to school, she's not she doesn't pick you. And people would literally say that in our class. And then one day I finally talked to her and I was like, oh, like, what are you drawing? And bro, she was so sad. She was just like, no one's ever talked to me without it being about school shootings. I was like, what? Oh, my God. Like, what? Fuck all children. <laughs> what the like, hell? We didn't even become friends or anything, but like, I was just like, what? Like, oh my God. Okay. People are people. Did you know that? Like, <laughs> fucking weird. And I get it. You guys were like 14 back then. I was a little bit older. I was like 17. So to me, I was like, oh, I'm such an older, mature adult. Of course, I'm going to talk to the <laughs> loner. Remember when you were 16, you thought you were an adult? I feel like I wasn't actually an adult until now, until 30. Yeah. I like, think- I. I was just pretending to be an adult in my 20s. At like 28, I started started reaching adulthood. And finally, by like 31-ish, I almost said 32. By 31, I hit it. Maybe by 32, I will. So so right now. Yeah, like last week. <laughs> right. <laughs> last week, I peaked. Now, with Cheryl, he told her to stay home. So you can imagine the next day is going to be an eventful day in his eyes. The next morning... August 20th, 1986, shortly around 7 a.m., around the normal time where Cheryl would work, he walked into the post office, which at that point had 100 employees working on that day around that time. He was wearing his normal blue, like, post office outfit. That's so many people at that time. So many too. people. <laughs> what the hell? So Cheryl walked in and he locked and bolted the doors behind him. Hmm. That's already just so eerie because you know something's wrong. So did he walk in like from the back where like employees would be or did he walk in from the front where the front doors were locked? Like all the doors to the building were locked. So I assume they maybe didn't open until this is an assumption. I assumed maybe they don't open till eight or nine Mm -hmm. and the other doors around the whole building were probably already locked. And so he just had to, you know, like walk in the front and lock those. Gotcha. He was carrying his mailbag, which he was hiding three semi-automatic pistols in. Later, we do figure out two of them. There was a 45 caliber automatic pistol and a 22 caliber pistol. Um, the third weapon, I could not find the like specs on or figure out what it was, though. So he had them in his mailbag. He turned his attention towards hunting down the two supervisors, first and foremost, that had talked to him the day before. So first, he walked over to the office and found Richard Esser Jr., one of the men that talked to him. And he gunned him down and cold blood just murdered him within seconds. Then he decided he was going to search out Bill Bland, the second person that had talked to him the morning before. However, Bill Bland that morning had overslept. So he ended up being an hour late to work. And by the time he got there, it was done. The entire thing. Holy. Isn't that insane? He was meant to stay on this earth. Like that's. 
And imagine how scary that has to be for his family. Well, and how much guilt he he feels for surviving, essentially. Yes, survivor's guilt. So real. And the craziest thing was they said that that was the first time ever Bill was late. So it was meant to be. Like, ever. (laughs) So um, Cheryl couldn't find Bill, so he started moving on. He was literally walking up to different stations and different people and just shooting them. So the next person he killed was his co-worker, Paul Michael Rockney. Now, Rockney was kind of like not famous, but he's famous in our area where we live, weirdly enough, because we live not super far from um, where Notre Dame is. And Paul Rockney is the grandson of the former Notre Dame football coach, Nut Rockney from 1918 to 1930, who really changed like how Notre Dame went about their sports and stuff. His name was Nut. Yeah. No, it wasn't. Yeah. Nut. Yeah. Not Newt. Nut. No. Okay. It's insane. <laughs> Was it Newt? I've heard it pronounced Nut. <laughs> I don't freaking know. you. I don't know sports ball. I've heard it pronounced Nut. That's hilarious. I'm sorry. E- either way. <laughs> so, sure. He also actually used to play for them, too, before he was the coach. He, uh, he, uh, he was a big deal. So he ended up dying in a plane crash. Also, oh, I feel really bad. I'm sorry. I don't know your name pronunciation correctly. Not new. <laughs> I was trying to be like polite and say both and see which sounded more correct. Neither do I now. I feel like Newt is probably more correct. Hmm. I don't know. Nope. We're going to look it up. Okay. So we tried Googling this man's name. And it said it's either Canute, Newt, or Nut. So now we're even further from knowing this man's name. And now we're just being disrespectful and we're genuinely trying not to. Let's call him Mr. Rockney. Rockney Sr. So football coach Rockney. Yep. (laughs) So I just thought that was like a fun little tidbit to throw in there. It's not very fun, though, because I can't pronounce shit. (laughs) Uh, It's fine. That's nothing new. (laughs) It's not. So Cheryl ended up walking from station to station, like I said, and he was just pretty much aiming to shoot as many people as he could. The police said they received word of the shooting shortly after seven o'clock. So like right after it started and that they were at the scene within minutes. Police officers said they heard two more shots from inside the building when they first arrived at the post office. The police said they were trying to reach the gunman by telephone or through megaphones and speakers for 45 minutes, but they were receiving no responses megaphone yep (laughs) i'm sure mr rockney used those once or twice on the field (laughs) probably the edmund swat team finally made their way into the building and by the time they got inside they said they couldn't hear any further gunshots the swat team said the room was filled with bodies blood and a dead cheryl on the floor before anyone could make it in the building cheryl had turned the gun on himself and ended up shooting himself in the head killing himself of course 14 people had died at the scene and six others had received wounds that required hospitalizations. And I think it was two of them that were deemed critical of the wounded. um, Most of them survived only because they were playing dead in hopes that uh, not Rockney. I'm so sorry. Cheryl would leave them alone. I mean, what else could you do if you're stuck there? There, they said that some people like hid in closets and could just like hear the gunshots and screaming and stuff like that. It was terrifying. They said the entire incident only lasted between 15 to 20 minutes. That was probably the longest. 
15 to 20 minutes of their life. Very much. So I'm going to name all the victims here. And I really hope I do their names correctly for the first time ever. Okay. So these are the people that were officially killed during the incident. Patricia ain't. Damn it. You're doing great. Patricia Ann Chambers, 41 years old, a part-time clerk. Judy Stevens Denny, 41, a part-time clerk. Richard C. Esser Jr., 38, a supervisor. Patricia A. Gabbard, 47, clerk. Jonah Ruth Gregert, 30, a clerk. Patty Jean Husband, 48, supervisor. Betty Ann Jared, 34, clerk. William F. Miller, 30, a rural carrier. Kenneth W. Morey, 49, a rural carrier. Leroy Oren Phillips, 42, a rural carrier. (laughs) My least favorite word in the entire English language is the word rural. Rural. And I had to say rural Rural. two, four, four times I had to say rural. You got one more. <laughs> you're, you're doing great. My mouth is so unhappy right now. All right. Who? Okay. Jerry Ralph Pyle, 51, also a rural carrier. Paul Michael Rockney, 33, a letter carrier. Thomas Wade Shader Jr., 31, a part-time clerk. And Patty Lou Welch, 27, clerk. Out of the injured, there was William Nemo. Gene Bray, Michael H. Bigler, Steve Vick, Judy Walker, and Joyce Ingram. The One of the security members, uh, Gavin DeBecker, said that the postal authorities ignored numerous signs of Cheryl's unstable and hostile attitude. There was also two phone calls that were placed the day before this incident after the reprimanding reprimations. After he was reprimanded. Yeah. Yeah. Reprimations, I think, is a word. Yeah, I think you're right. I'm not positive, I don't know if I'm using it right, but it's a word. (laughs) Um, So that day when he got reprimanded, he did place two phone calls with union officials where he demanded to be transferred to the Oklahoma City Post Office because he said he was being mistreated. And they also ignored that. What? What? Why? I I mean, it could have been more than just like ignoring it. It could have been like, oh, well, like, yeah, we'll get working on that. Or it could have been like, you know, like well, it wasn't immediate. We to, yeah. Like it could have even been like, OK, we get the ball rolling after these phone calls and everything else. And nothing like had been changing. The people that knew Cheryl all kind of came together to all say the same thing, though, kind of like what Gavin Becker said, where people were like, yeah, this isn't like super shocking. If you see something, mention it. Say something. So after this event in Washington, there was a postmaster named General Preston R. Tish who ordered that the flags be flown at half staff for at all post offices across the U.S. Now, at this time of this mass shooting, it was the state's largest and the nation's third largest mass murder committed by a single individual in a single incident. Wow. So it was like a big, big deal when it happened. People were like knowing this one. This was it it made instant news, you know. Right. And it wasn't just because that. But in 1986, after this Edmund incident, there was several highly publicized postal shootings 
So like this was the first of many. Mm -hmm. The next one was in 1991 in Ridgeway, New Jersey, where authorities said that when they found the gunman, the, the his name was Joseph Harris in his home. Um, they found a note that referenced Cheryl and like what he did about the Edmund incident. Well, post offices are also kind of like political. Yeah. Kind of like it's more it's kind of like government. Yeah, I see what you're saying. So I'm wondering if that's kind of more of where like those politics came from. Is it was just like a a government facility, basically, that wasn't, you know, city hall. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, so there was that one in 91. Uh, then in 1991, there was also one in Royal Oak, Michigan. Then there was one in Dearborn, Michigan in 1993. In 1993, there was another one in Dana Point, California. In 1995, there was one in Montclair, New Jersey. There was one in 1997 in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And in 2006, there was one in Goleta, California. Where's where's Milwaukee? Wisconsin. You said it weird. Wisconsin. Yeah, you said where? Yeah, Wisconsin. 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 No. Wisconsin. Okay, moot. <laughs> um, in 1987, a 7,000-page U.S. Postal Inspector report analyzed the Edmund tragedy, and in one day, a congressional hearing allowed the survivors and families a brief forum, and it was on March 18th, 1987, to like speak out and talk about it all. Uh, it concluded the measures that should have been in place to profile Cheryl and prevent his hiring and to apply occupational health and safety standards and federal regulations in postal facilities because they were not in effect before this. So they're now saying they need to be. In 1989, the Yellow Ribbon Memorial was a commemorative outdoor structure that was dedicated to the victims of the Edmond, Oklahoma post office shooting. It's a big, um, statue outside it was dedicated on may 29th it's located just outside with a man and a woman standing atop a fountain center base holding a big yellow ribbon and there's a bow attached to the base and it's supposed to represent the 14 victims killed in the shooting and the fountain contains 14 water jets and it has a plaque on it uh at the base that lists all their names it's really pretty. Yeah, I'll, that sounds nice. I'll include it in the Instagram pictures because it's uh, it's it's like very photographed well. So there's a lot of evidence of it. The memorial was uh, built by the Edmond community and the United States Postal Services. The statue was created by sculptor Richard Muno from uh, he was alive from 1939, 2015. He's like a pretty well-known sculptor, I guess, for um, um for artists <laughs> memorial things oh okay like he did a few like other that's ones. what he did yeah okay so community members have gathered at the memorial to commemorate the victims especially on the 25th and 30th anniversaries which was 2011 and 2016 the memorial was surveyed in march of 1996 and was said to be well maintained and it was cra- it was categorized by the smithsonian american art museum even so it's like oh it's kind of a big, yeah kind of big deal well known well known yeah, yeah. and it's in good condition Over the years, the memorial slowly did deteriorate with apparent cracks in the concrete. And throughout the early 2010s, operations of the fountain were halted for, like the continuation of uh, operations of like taking care of it, you know. 
Um, but according to the USPS, a damaged water supply line was the problem. However, in 2016, the fountain still operates seasonally. Good. In August of 2016, the New York Daily News source did an expose titled, and this is a long title, Survivors Still Feel Physical Psychological Effects 30 Years After the First Postal Mass Shooting. That is a long title. (laughs) It is exactly what you expect. They asked some of the survivors to speak out about how they feel 30 years later, and it is very sad. Um. Yeah, I would imagine so. So a lot of what I'm going to talk about now is like summaries of what different people from the event have said during those speaking out times. The day after the shooting, most of the workers were told they had to return to work. No one was allowed to have the next day off. Excuse me? Yeah. So Tracy Sanchez was someone who trained Cheryl at the post office, but she was also one of the victims who was who said that she was playing dead so that she could survive. And she was required the next morning to come in and resume her job. Tracy said um, back when the day occurred, she thought that the loud bangs she heard at first were firecrackers until she realized what was happening. At the time of the incident, she was 28 years old and five months pregnant. Oh, my gosh. And when she heard the pops with the gunfire mixed with the screams of her coworkers, it traumatized her. And still to this day, she said she can't handle Fourth of July. She can't handle loud noises. She gets very scared. She has issues. That's sad. And like they all said that, like all the survivors are like, yeah, I would only imagine a nightmare. It wasn't until years later when mass shootings became and I hate to say this, but it's like the only way to describe this when they became more normalized and mainstream. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean when I say that? And I'm not trying to like give it a glorification, but when they did the rules and concepts of time off for grief and recovery came into place. But it took that normalization mainstream sellout version of it for it to happen. In March of 1987, there was a congressional panel that did take a look into how the post office handled the Edmund shooting, as well as the safety regulations violated at the building's exits. That's not one we talked about earlier, because that was some of the other things they covered was the exits, the safety, how it was handled, all of it. After the event, the post office employees were told that there was going to be a round the clock confidential support and sympathy like center type thing for them. For anyone that's impacted by, and I quote, any stress or tragedy, including a shooting, serious accident or natural disaster, end quote. Thanks. Thanks for summing that up, USPS. But, you know, I still have to come to work the next day. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I, I kind of putting all that together almost seems more disrespectful. Like, yeah, I the person that went to work and there was a tornado drill has a different fear than the person that went to work. And there was an active shooter that murdered half their coworkers and they barely survived it. Right. Or they got shot themselves and they survived a freaking shooting. Yeah, there was a picture of one of the men who survived who the bullet like hit his back, but it looks like in the photo, it must have like grazed past his back because it's literally a line across his whole back. Oh, my gosh. And he's just like sitting there on the floor getting treatment where they're like pulling up his shirt and they're like assessing the damage on him. Mm-hmm. And he's one of the survivors they later talk to. And I'm just like, Jesus Christ, like that. That's dude was <laughs> dead in his in his mind. Like yeah. he was in shock. You would feel fear anytime anything touches your back, nonetheless, the rest of your life. Probably. Or any noise. Yeah. 
after all that happened, the comments by the USPS went pretty quiet because they realized they didn't solve a lot of the issues that people were like presenting. And a lot of the uh, victims felt like they weren't getting like the impact across of like what they wanted to be heard. So it got kind of quiet. And after that, people were like coining the term going postal into America's lexicon because they were like, oh, Cheryl, like went to the post office, went crazy, murdered everyone. He was going postal. I will never use that term. Yeah. Isn't that wild? That's where it came from. It's like on the same level as the R word. Yes. It's just like this is. I did not know this is where this term came from until this was a request. Like I've, I'd, mm-hmm. I'd heard of this case and I've heard of the term going postal, did not put these two together one bit, Mm-mm. but also did not know that this is where this term came from. Yeah, I hate it. And this case is not covered super heavily or hardly at all. I struggled <laughs> to find this case at all, really. Um, and I struggled to find tons of information so my sources are really limited. I have barely four sources, but luckily they gave so much in all four sources. But yeah, and then like we have we're part of a true crime community, Kylie and I are, where we are friends with other podcasters that do um true crime stuff. And I was like, "Hey, uh has anyone else ever done this case because we'll give you like a shout out and we'll like talk about yours and stuff. Maybe you have more information than we do." And literally every single person was like, I've never heard of it. Wow. Or like they were like, I've never thought of even doing that case. I was like, oh, okay, All right. Then we'll be the hipsters. Then we kind of like found out about it first. No, no, we're really lucky, though, that this was a request because it it gave us insight into knowing about this term and now knowing what we don't want to use. Yep. I will never, ever, 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 ever condone saying it. Yeah. And I'm sorry for all the shit I give the post office about hating them. It could be worse, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I am now, I am sorry for all my mean things I say to them and the tweets. I mean, honestly, sadly, and I'm not trying to like lessen the effect of it, but anywhere could have this effect. And that's what I mean is so sad about the world that we live in. Do you remember the DC snipers? Yeah. And people were like in like a Hobby Lobby or whatever when they started getting hit. A Hobby Lobby. That's one of my safe places. (laughs) I'm like not trying to be funny, but like, let's be honest here. No, no, seriously. Or or the like Batman. Oh, my God. Mm -hmm. (gasps) Mm -hmm. The Dark Knight Mm -hmm. shooting in Aurora. The Aurora shooting. Yes. That is my safety place. Imagine how many times I went and saw Batman in theaters. That could have been me. No, seriously, though. Or just students going to school. Yes. anywhere yeah no i just i pfft, i hate the world we live in it's terrifying it's terrifying being a human that's it's, why the aliens are coming for us <laughs> it's kind of sad because like where i work you know it's obviously a big clinic and it's like you know like it's structured well but i work in a basement and so i'm like you know we honestly like we're in the best area if anything went wrong because we could just go out the door because we're in the basement versus anyone else that would have to go completely like around things to get outside well and i think i'm pretty sure i told you i have worked for a company that once was robbed very politely but then once was robbed at gunpoint and i was the manager on duty and we got robbed at gunpoint 
and it was terrifying. Mm-hmm. And yeah, yeah, like mm-hmm. things can happen literally anywhere. I hate it. It's so scary. Speaking of, all right, so that's the end of this episode. Technically, I'll real quick state my sources, but then I have something to tell Kylie that yeah. I'll tell you guys too, obviously. <laughs> right. <laughs> So my sources for tonight were mostly all news articles, but there was a few videos I found, too. So some of the videos and one of the most helpful news articles was the Oklahoma Historical Society. And you can find all these online, too. The news article by The New York Times, by The New York Times Daily News, and by Coco News 5 by ABC. So thank you to them for having the information, because otherwise I would have been lost. Okay, so Kylie, mm-hmm. my story. Mm-hmm. Um, the other night I went somewhere. Okay. That sounds shady. I can't remember where I went. So that's oh. why it sounds so shady. <laughs> I maybe went to like the store or something. I don't remember where I went. Oh, I went to my mother's house. I went to my mother's house. Okay. 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 So my mom wanted to meet my dog. So I took my dog to my mom's house. Right. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like on the phone and I'm driving home and this police officer pulls his car out in the middle of an intersection and just slams on his brakes in the middle of the intersection and jumps out of his car and tells all the cars he has to stop. And he's like signaling to people and you can hear him screaming. So we all kind of are like rolling down our windows and he's like, everyone stay in your vehicle, stay in your vehicles. And he's freaking out. And then he drives off to the side and kind of like hides his car around the corner in front of a four way stop over by the Harley Davidson, by the way. So that's kind of where I'm at in the storyline. So we're like at that, that light. Okay. And then this man puts spikes out in the middle of the road. Oh shit. And he's putting spikes in the road and stuff like that. And then all of a sudden I hear what was the loudest noise I've ever heard in my whole life. There was at least 20 plus police cars. (sighs) And you see this truck going over a hundred miles an hour. It looked, it was like a big white lifted truck. It blew through those spikes and that noise of them popping felt like gunshots. It was the scariest noise I've ever heard. Mm -hmm. And he just kept going. And then the guy had to try and whip the spikes out so that the police officers didn't hit them, obviously, that were following this truck. Right. And he whips those. And my mom was like, what is all that noise? And I'm like, oh, my God, mom, there's a high speed chase. (laughs) You're excited. You're the only person. (laughs) No, I would have been excited, too. I was like, oh, my God, this is crazy and no it's not it's not though actually this is a normal day for me kind of and so i'm like oh my god mom what is happening there were state troopers chasing this man that's how far this man must have been driving being chased okay because state troopers aren't allowed in the city limits but because he was probably being chased that long they didn't want to like lose him you know so yeah so then all the police officers This man, you can see he's swerving so bad. He whips it like turns at the next street. And at this point, I'm just trying to drive home. I have my dog in my car. My dog does not like car rides. This is not going well. My dog just thinks like someone was murdered. (laughs) And I'm just trying to make it home. I'm like 10 minutes away. I'm like, I can do this. I can do this. So I'm continuing my little drive. And I keep hearing like cars like um, doing that like skin noise you know yeah and there are police officers everywhere and none of them are driving with their lights on their headlights on anything and you just see them creeping around everywhere trying to find where that truck went 
Oh, geez. Because he didn't have tires anymore. So he must have parked and hit or something. Yeah. And he was right down from like downtown area or like not downtown, whatever that area yeah. is where it, there's like outlet areas and stuff. So he could have hid. And I'm trying to like describe this to people. So it kind of makes sense what's happening. But essentially what's happening is they're now like not able to find this vehicle. And it's getting like talked about to everyone, like what's happening and there's just these cops everywhere. Like I could not, I, I saw at least like five to eight cops every block I went and I only had to go like seven more blocks and I just kept seeing them everywhere. And it was so scary because they weren't driving with their lights on, but everyone knew like, I have to like stop and let this cop go. And I almost hit one of them because it was also late at night. It's like 9 p.m. And well, I couldn't see they don't see have their him. lights on. Like, they're trying to be discreet. And they drive black SUVs. Right. So I'm like, oh, my fucking God, I'm going to slam into a goddamn police officer. So I'm on the phone with my mom and I'm telling her all this. And my mom's like, what do you think happened? And I was like, honestly, mother, I have no fucking clue at this point in my life. It could be anything at this point. Like, I could be. I'm driving behind Chris Watts for all I fucking know right now, who just escaped from prison and drove to Indiana. Mm-hmm. And. So I'm freaking out. I get home. I finally get the dog like to calm down. And I know my significant other is a really good internet sleuth. And I tell her what happened. And within minutes, she found out this man either did or tried to murder his girlfriend. Mm -hmm. And there was like police called in and stuff. And then he got violent. And so they started chasing him and he went on the run. Yeah. So I looked it up. (laughs) um you want to know the best part of this fucking story what guess who found him who canine nira she's so cute she's a belgian malinois she's so cute um yeah you're right he ran into the woods before being tracked down by nira who found the suspect hiding in thick underbrush according to the cass county sheriff's office oh my god and you know what's near my house is all that fucking forest he was probably near my house great yeah oh oh my god so yeah attempted suicide but they don't they don't say anything specific about anything that he did or did not do hmm damn yeah it says a 20 mile cross country cross county police pursuit so that happened and then the week before that, my house got broken into by that person. Yeah. So how's it going? Do you want to move back in? Do you feel like you're unsafe now? So it's been a, it's like if people wondered why our DMs are taking a little bit longer to reply, I'm going to say it's because I'm under some stress. A little shook. Just a, just just like a, a little, little. little shook. It's fine. But yeah. I, and I was like telling my mom about it. My mom's like, so which is more traumatizing? The police chase or when you witnessed that murder that one time? And I was like, oh. Mom, we don't like bring that up. Let's not talk about <laughs> like, it. Like, Let's that's just... not like a thing, Mom. We don't like. Hey, do you remember that one time, honey? Right. <laughs> right. So yeah, so that's that's what's been happening lately. Wow. Um. On another fun note, do you want to know one last other thing? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I don't and... ever talk to you anymore. <laughs> so guys, uh, just so you all know, there is a podcast that I really, really love. I don't know if you've ever heard me talk about it, but <laughs> no, it's, never. It's called True Crime Guys. <laughs> and I really love them. And I have been friends with them for a while. Um, I talked about how they were doing some rebranding and stuff like that. And uh, Michael and I were talking the other day and 
They have a secondary podcast called Sandu Stories and it's Sandu meaning strange and unexplained. And I am going to be in it next month. So awesome. More of a reason that everyone should go listen to my favorite podcast because I'm in it now. (laughs) Whoa. My name will be Dominique. Hello. You can call me Dom. That sounds fake. No, I was being serious. My name's Dominic. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So um, you guys will find out more why I have a different name when you listen. If that doesn't intrigue you. Well, okay. That's that's everything. That's it. Okay, bye. (laughs) (laughs) One of these days. One of these days, I swear. I actually really don't know. Like, what's what's the best way to close anything? Yeah, people have been talking about how I'm not a good closer, so tell me how you want me to close. Yeah. We're not closers, okay? We're not salespeople. We're not. We're just here hanging out, having a good time, joining in on conversations, okay? Drinking water. Yeah, because we're cool and we stay hydrated up in here. Old. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Because if I was drinking anything else, I would fall asleep. (laughs) Um, Well, thank you guys for listening and thank you to everyone that makes this podcast what it is. You're all part of the CSP family. CSP stands for Cryptic Soup Podcast. Thanks. <laughs> Big thank you to Corey. Core.media.photography on Instagram every week for doing our editing. You know, the, the cancer that you don't like so much. I, I thought you were calling him cancer. No. <laughs> the cancer. Okay, that makes the, sense. Yes. Yes. The cancer. I put in petition that that Zodiac should be renamed. Yeah, it's also who <laughs> I don't know why I became the mm-hmm. caterpillar from Alice in Wonderland, but who are you? Okay, no. <laughs> who told Pisces that their symbol needs to be fishes 69ing? Who allowed that? We need to we need to talk. I mean, all of the zodiacs are kind of funky. I don't know. Some of them are pretty cool. Scorpion's got a scorp. Damn it. You know what I meant. Yeah, Leo's got a lion. I have a goatfish thing. (laughs) It looks cool sometimes. I have a ram. So, yeah. And Corey has. Actually, a ram really does make sense for Aries, but Corey has a crab. crab. (laughs) Virgo has like this beautiful Venus. Who else do we got? Okay, what's uh, Aquarius? What do Aquarius have? Isn't it the like goddess? Is that what it is? Leo, lion, we said that. Sagittarius. Don't they have like the... Oh, maybe they have the goddess. I thought Sagittarius was like the, uh, the not the bow and arrow, the, the like, what's the one? <laughs> These things? Yeah, I was going to do that. <laughs> Kylie and I no longer sit where we can see each other, so the we have to stretch. Things. The weight thing. Like the scales of justice. Yes. Yeah. I don't remember. Uh, I don't even know who we're missing at this point, but someone, whoever we are missing, they're like, uh, you're missing my sign, which is a Gemini. Yeah, that's what my mom's Gemini. Yeah, the two faces. I can't think of anything else. Did we get them all? No, (laughs) no, we really didn't. I think we're missing like one. Hmm. Who would we miss? I don't know. All right, whatever. I'm going to look this up and I'm going to try to describe them to you right now. Everyone ready? All right. Wait, this is wrong. <laughs> <laughs> huh. Uh, Taurus. 
Taurus. Cerebral. Yeah. I always forget about that one. All right. Sagittarius. Okay. You, uh, Sagittarius is like a, like a, like a centaur with a bow. <laughs> An arrow. Okay. All right. Scorpio is a scorpion. Taurus. Taurus. Taurus is a bull. Virgo is uh, like Virgo. A- That's the one I was forgetting. I said Virgo. You just didn't hear me. I was quiet about it. I think, I think she's so. like the pretty little angel. Leo, the lion, Libra, the scales of justice. Oh, so a Libra. Libra. Yeah, we forgot like four. <laughs> okay. The Gemini, the two twin sisters, two sisters, whatever you want to call it. Pisces, the fish is 69ing. Mm-hmm. Um, Aries, the ram. Cancer, the, the, the crab. crab. Capricorn, the sea goat thing. And then Aquarius... I don't know what this is, but it looks like a man holding a pail of water, dumping it out, like pouring yeah. one out for the bros. Pouring one out. That's what this picture looks like. So I don't I don't actually know what it is. Oh, that's literally what it is. It's a man holding a pot of water. Huh. I think that means something. But, it does, you know, but I don't know what we'll never know what it is. Huh. But we forgot many. <laughs> no, we only forgot three, two, three, two, three. Taurus. Virgo and what was the other I one? Did, I said Virgo. No, you did not. I said Virgo, the Venus looking one, the goddess, because my sister's a Virgo. That was one of the first ones I thought of. Oh. And Margie. I forgot about Virgo. <laughs> oh my God. Thanks, guys, for tuning in. <laughs> Don't forget to follow us on Instagram, which is at Cryptic Soup Pod, where DMs are always open for suggestions. So slide on in. You can also join the Facebook group, which is Cryptic Soup Pod Official. In this group, we post further updates on our lives or the cases. So join us and hang out on the socials to stay up to date and be a part of the CSP fam. All our links can also be easily found at crypticsouppod.com as well. Apple Podcast reviews and ratings and or Spotify ratings are always great because they get our name out there. They tell us what we're doing right and wrong. Please don't talk to us about horoscopes and zodiac signs, though, because clearly we don't know shit. (laughs) (laughs) Clearly. (laughs) So remember, guys, it's always good to hear from you. And we always want you to subscribe, follow, tune in and keep up with us. And remember to join the conversation where we'll see you next Tuesday for the next episode. Stay tuned. Because my mic takes up all this room. You know what I need? I need a, a laser pointer. Oh, no, you don't. So I can put a laser no. on it. No. <laughs> you don't know. You don't, you don't need a laser. Why not? Laser. Laser beams. I could do the. I hate everything that's happening right now. <laughs> I'm being strobe lighted. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> Thought I could be discreet. Sorry. Is <laughs> that working for me? What did I say though? I am not good at drinking over here. <laughs> okay, I'm just gonna be done. I'm okay. done. Okay. <clears throat> Are you good? Yeah. Are you good? Yeah. It went down the wrong pipe. <laughs> just, just do this. I'm good. <laughs> you know that he's gonna put that in the bloopers. I had to get it out of the system. Oh my God. Okay. Uh, blah blah blah. <laughs>